Welcome to Real Life Mentoring, where we explore real life issues to help you make an authentic difference in the world. Hi, we're Chris and Christina, and we are back today with Nate Brewer. Um, We've already recorded one podcast with him about the fivefold ministry of the church, and we're going to do um, a case for all five. We're going to dig into all specific fivefold ministry of the church. And they, why don't you recap some thoughts? Um, if you haven't listened to the first podcast, go back and listen, but recap and catch us up to date where we're going to, we're going to dive into all five, but kind of summarize. I mean, you don't have to go into big detail, but summarize kind of our last one that gets us set up for this one. It's great to be here uh, with you, Chris, Christina. Thanks for uh, having me on the podcast. And the first one was really fun. That's what the the main thing I remember about it. We had a good conversation. Did you get that and big we, check too? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Big liar. Thank you. We're joking. We're joking. I know. I know. No, it was a really good time. Um, yeah, we dove into the motivation for even writing a book. Um, it's called The Pulse of Christ, a five-fold training manual. And so we talk about the pulse pumping through our veins and, and having us come alive as we exercise these gifts that Jesus has given us. We talked about the word five-fold, what that is, um, five gifts that Jesus has given to us, the church, um, his people to enjoy and to live out and to reflect his fullness in the world. And we talked about the word manual. So the The USP of the book is that it's a training manual. There's been a lot of good books written on this topic already, but what really makes this one stand out, the USP, is that it is uh, full of 25 exercises, five in each area. So we dove into some of those topics and the motivation for writing it and how the the heart of the training manual is more than just transferring information. It's it's learning by doing. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's... plays a role in the topic of, of mentoring as well. Right. Uh, today, we're going to jump into taking a look at each specific fivefold ministry. And then it be, you already alluded to it. This is a manual. And after each, after you give a broad overview of each gift, you give some training exercises. I and mean, we want to talk about those too. But I want to start off with a quote from chapter two, and you say, it's impossible to be unified or fully mature. And you're talking about the church without utilizing all five of these ministries. And I think that's a message. The church, the big C church universal needs to know and why we're so passionate about you uh, going into more detail about this. So let's jump into the the first one you have in the book. It's the apostle. It's the pioneering, progressing, planting. Break that down for us, especially for the first time listener who goes, I've never heard of this. Um, Mm -hmm. Define what this is, what role it plays in maturing the body of Christ. And I want to, you mentioned earlier, we're supposed to enjoy these things, these gifts. Mm -hmm. It's not, it is a manual, but sometimes the idea of a manual can sound like work. That's we're, true. We're yeah. supposed to enjoy right. these things. Yeah. And I, I can tell you, I've been able to experience that in my own life. And we want that for others as well. Yeah. Yeah. They, they really be, should be something that we enjoy. If you think about receiving a, a gift for your birthday or for Christmas, it's something that you receive with joy and you're excited to unpack it and see what's inside. And 
that's really an analogy for the gifts that Jesus has given us. Um, it's a process of discovery. We get to unpack them. We get to discover them and we get to grow in them. Um, and that's a lot of fun. Yeah. So let's jump into apostle, unpack that gift. Mm-hmm. Somebody sitting at a table and they have, they don't even know they have the gift of apostle. What does that look like? Yeah, that is a, a very exciting one and one that does have a little bit of misunderstanding or maybe even baggage behind it. So it is helpful to give a definition to it. The word uh, apostolos is a, is a Greek word where we get our English word apostle, and it means to be sent. It means a sent one. So a sent one that's completing a task or a mission. So if you think of an ambassador or a diplomat, they are sent by that uh, embassy or that culture to, you know, to establish uh, something new and uh, and to represent that culture of that country. So um, it's an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. So uh, ambassador is someone sent by Jesus uh, to start something new in new places. So when we think um, of that word, uh, you might think, oh, that's something reserved for just special people. But if you think about it, we're all sent. Uh, we're all sent to live on mission, to live our life on mission. So some characteristics of this would be um, people that are visionaries, people that are founders, people that are pioneers, who are innovative thinkers, strategic thinkers, um, who can see something new before it yet exists. So they are pioneers in the truest sense. Um, so they're uniquely gifted by Jesus to start new things in new places, which results in expansion of the kingdom of God. I like how in the book you talk about, I think people naturally go, oh, well, that's a missionary. But no, every believer is called mm-hmm. to go. Every believer is sent. So I like that um, you you talk about that in the book. Um, let's move on. Let's talk about all of them. And then let's go back and talk about the activities. Or is it more helpful mm-hmm. now just to jump into an activity? What do you, you take this where it makes more sense? You mean some of the specific exercises in the book? Right, right, right. Um, just to highlight which ones they are. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if we're in a small group and we're learning about apostle, mm-hmm. what's one of the activities that we get to practice what that particular gifting looks like. And that's what I find yeah. so incredible about, about the book, the pulse of Christ is that these are so hands-on practical, non-threatening mm-hmm. ways to really see this gift come alive. Yeah, I think it does make the most sense to touch on them now. So that's a good lead in. Um, There's an exercise, for example, uh, determining mission. So understanding uh, to whom you're sent, why you're sent, um, asking reflective questions as a group and as an individual. Um, If, you know, if money and time were, were not limited, what would I do to show people Jesus's love and to get people dreaming a little bit? about what he wants them to do for the kingdom. You know, an essential key that unlocks the abundant life that Jesus talks about in John 10.10 is discovering your role in his kingdom. It is so exciting and fulfilling to discover your calling and your role. And so Jesus invites us to be, King Jesus invites us to be kingdom agents, to join his team. And as part of these special agents, we get he empowers his special agents with special gifts mm-hmm. uh, to be special gifts is actually better said. Um, so specifically with this exercise, it helps uh, every person uh, discover uh, 
to, to think apostolically and create an awareness of, of their mission uh, and their calling in their specific sphere of where they live, work, and play. Um, a second example would be uh, starting a new ministry and multiplying it. That's exercise number three, and that really helps people think innovatively and architecturally how to design like a blueprint for a ministry, how to start something new and how to um, multiply it because apostles want to see impact and expansion in the kingdom of God. So that's a key element of that gifting. Yeah, you you say that you operate in this gifting. And so I, I think back to your early days there in Austria um, where you started coffee shop Bible studies. You, mm-hmm. Walk us through what that looked like, what the idea and what it's doing now, because I think the key is starting and multiplying and leaving. So walk us through that. Yeah, that's a, a great lead in. And uh, to try to keep it relatively short, we, you know, you need to identify a need first in society that is not being met. So, you know, people who have who, who do startups, you know, they're thinking of a product or, or a service that society doesn't yet have that meets a need in society. And it could be a physical, uh, relational, emotional, spiritual need. And so we were specifically focused on the spiritual and the relational needs. And we realized uh, one thing is that people in Vienna that we were encountering were, were very uh, lonely and didn't have connection with people, like authentic deep relationships, authentic, deep fellowship is the word we would use uh, as Christians. And and secondly, we realized that um, the Bible is not commonly read in Austria. People don't know their Bible. And so we wanted to create an atmosphere that was non-threatening, that was neutral, uh, a third place to meet in a coffee shop. And while this may be fairly normal in the U.S., this is Ground, groundbreaking in, in Austria to do something sure. like this. So we met in a coffee shop and uh, just created um, an atmosphere where people could be themselves. We were authentic in our relationship with one another and creating new relationships and deeper relationships. And there was just a buzz of energy. People would love to come. And then uh, we would dive into God's word and teach it in a very uh relevant and practical way and people kept coming back and kept coming back to the point where uh the group was growing bigger we took up one table two tables three tables and so then we realized we needed okay probably to kind of do sell sell division or or multiplying two little groups there in the coffee shop and myself and one other guy would then lead the two smaller groups and then more people coming and pretty soon we took up the whole upper floor of this coffee shop. And so we had to take then some space on the bottom floor of the entry mm. and we would have three groups going simultaneously, which means you need to identify leaders, people who are showing potential, who are hungry, who are faithful, who are open to being trained and equipped. And sometimes that process goes really fast because of a need like, wow, 20 people showed up. We can't have a discussion with 20. We need to go 10 and 10. Yes. So, hey, here's the script kind of take it and run. And uh, they have to baptism by fire, so to speak, lead in the moment. But usually you want to train and equip them with some uh, time beforehand. And, and that's what began to happen. And we began to then not only group, group have group on Wednesday night, but some people couldn't make it. So we opened up a group on Friday nights in okay. a new district of Vienna. 
And then we opened up a group on Tuesday nights and then on Thursday nights and on Monday nights. And we had one group every night of the week in different districts of Vienna with different leaders leading two by two. And that even multiplied beyond Vienna after several years. So that was about a uh, two minute version of a 10 year uh, journey. And people took that vision, carried in their heart, even when they moved away from Vienna and started um, missional Bible studies in coffee shops in different cities. Mm -hmm. Well, what I like about that, your gifting was you saw the need, you had the whatever to, okay, let's just start this, but you weren't in every single Bible study, you cast the vision, you got it off the ground, and then you empowered others. And I think that's the key. Right. Yeah. Well said. Nate, is it fair to say that an apostle may actually open doors for others to use their gifts, being a visionary and starting something? Yeah, that's that's well said, Chris. They, they create the framework or the environment for other gifts to thrive or to flourish. Um, they create kind of the architectural blueprint and they create an environment where the others can thrive. They're uniquely gifted in identifying those giftings in other people, because if there's when you start something new, it means there was nothing before. And so as you bring people in, recruit, mobilize, and you build team, uh, people, apostolic people are able to uniquely identify those giftings in others and then uh, help spark those and, and create an atmosphere where they can use their, their giftings and be their giftings. Yeah, I love that. Uh, let's let's go on to. Do you have anything else there on no, the puzzle? Let's go to prophet. This is uh, you highlight three words: presence, prayer, and perspective. Break down mm-hmm. the role, uh, the ministry of prophet for us. I think this is misunderstood as well. You you allude to that, and yes. so, yeah, clear it up for us. <laughs> yeah, originally a Greek word, it means one who hears and listens to God. Um, And so we see examples, maybe people's first association is prophets in the Old Testament. Certainly they uh, heard from God and then delivered a message of what he told them to. But we also see prophets in the New Testament. And uh, a key uh, point is is what Jesus tells us in John 10, that my sheep hear my voice. Uh, They know me and they follow me. So uh, we know everyone can hear Jesus' voice. And it's not exclusively reserved to those um, that have a prophetic gifting, but they are uniquely gifted to connect to the Father's heart um, through prayer, through worship, and they receive uh, words from the Lord. Sometimes that's in the form of a Bible verse. Sometimes it's a single word. Sometimes it's a a story. Sometimes it's a picture, a vision. Uh, And then they communicate that to the group or the individual or the church with love and with grace so that it can be received well. And their ministry results in faithfulness to God and justice in the world. So there's that vertical dimension of, hey, we're kind of out of alignment here. So we need to repent and get back in alignment. And that's that faithfulness to God. We need to be faithful to God. Uh, And then there's that horizontal aspect of because God is, is, holy and and just we want to live out his holiness and justice in this world so people who who stand up for orphans widows who stand up against human trafficking uh, who stand up for justice in this world are have likely have a very strong prophetic gifting talk about some of the specific exercises that you have in the book um, that highlights the specific uh role in the fivefold ministry 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so one of them is just uh, receiving from God our Father, taking time to really just set it, just listen, listening prayer. Uh, if that word prophet or, or prophetic uh, triggers bad associations or baggage in the, the church or the group that you're in, then use alternative language. Um, you can use words like listening prayer. Those those people um, are are gifted as, you know, truth tellers, reformers, um, justice minded, principled people. Um, and in terms of the exercises in the book, one of them is receiving from God, our father. So just uh, taking time to receive something that strengthens, encourages or comforts you. Mm-hmm. And then kind of that next step exercise, too, is doing that for someone else, receiving something from God through listening prayer to pass on to someone else to strengthen, encourage, and comfort them. And that's what 1 Corinthians 14, 3 says, is that prophetic words are words that are strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. And when we read that definition, it takes away a lot of the stigma of yeah. the gift. It's like, okay, encouraging, strengthening, comforting, I can do that. And that's not weird. Uh, right. That's just encouraging and strengthening and comforting. So even if someone has experienced the um, baggage or, or misunderstanding of the gifting, I think that really takes away some of the stigma of the of the gifting yeah i'm glad you used that reference because i think when people think oh the role of the prophet they're some sort of mystic they're telling you things about the future and it's not according to scripture it's exactly what you said about the encouraging one of the in the prophet prophetic gifting exercise i wrote down this quote that i just thought was so good god uses the prophetic to often challenge the status quo and Mm. help see a new and better way that aligns with god's purposes so that yes. I think is also a new twist where the pro- the prophetic person can go, oh, you know what? We're really suffering as a group or a body or whatever with prayerlessness. And it's not a shame or guilt. We need to pray more. It's like, oh, wow, God loves us so much. He's given us the opportunity to pray. Let's come together. So they help realign the body in a loving and encouraging way, not shame and guilt way. And Nate, I yes. had this thought as well. If I step out into the world and I put this title on me and say, this is, well, I'm, I'm a prophet. I'm an apostle. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, need to, I need to check my motivation in that. Right. Good luck with that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm Chris very well. Who, who has a relationship with God through Jesus. And these are my gifts as opposed to putting a title yeah. on my shoulder. I think we would, you know, we either freak people out that way or um, it becomes about us. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah, that's good. The prophet. Mm-hmm. God has given me dreams over the years where you, you know, where you, you literally go to bed at night and you dream and they've, they've been very important to certain people. I would share these mm-hmm. dreams with people in your experience. Would that fall under that, that gifting? Yeah, that would Chris. Um, and that's very exciting um, aspect of the prophetic you know, with with all aspects of the prophetic, whether it's a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, an impression we have, a dream, a vision, uh, we all want to filter those things through like First Corinthians, First Thessalonians five says, test all things and hold fast to that which is good. So we put them through some filters, like is this dream in your example um, in line with God's character? Is it in line with God's word? Um, it, does it encourage and point me towards Jesus? Uh, what's the spirit behind it? John, first John four talks about testing the spirit. So there's all these sort of filters that we can put it through that uh, help us really work that out and uh, 
I encourage people to write down in the case of the dreams and um, then together with a body, a group of people, uh, flesh that out and test it. But I, I would definitely categorize that under that, in that prophetic slice of the pie. Mm -hmm. Okay. I appreciate that. Yeah. And just, that's probably a good time to highlight that we can exhibit different aspects of each gift, but we probably are operating more in one. Like we we're supposed to have all of these, but we're, our motivating, our, our driving force is probably, we lead with one, wouldn't you say? Yeah. If you picture like a, a pie chart, um, we're going to have a gift mix of a little bit of all of them because you have Jesus inside of you, Jesus' spirit. And so Jesus was all five, logic goes, then we will have aspects of all five or be able to operate in all five. So you think uh, of a pie chart, you might have a really thin slice of the pie of your lowest gifting, but you'll have a really large portion of the pie will be that gifting that you lead with to use the language that you said. And that top primary gifting will be your why. That will be your motivation and your driving force and your passion and your calling. And the second one will be your how. Mm. And understanding the dynamic between your why and your how really unlocks a lot of understanding and freedom for people. So to give you a concrete example, my secondary is uh, shepherding. So my how is often I care for people, I create community and bring together spiritual community that's Lord willing, healthy and strong. But my end goal, my why for doing this is to multiply and expand, which is that apostolic piece. Mm -hmm. So I'm using my shepherding to get to my apostolic goal, if that makes sense. And oh, understanding yes. those two helps, helps people a lot, understand how they're wired and how they're made. And I think that's um, something that I wanted to say on the opening podcast, but didn't, is that these are five types of people, teachers, shepherds, evangelists, prophets, and apostles. Mm -hmm. So understanding these five types really helps you understand people. Yeah. And I can good. understand people now so much better. Uh, in 20 years of mentoring, this has been the biggest key for me, that unlocks the most understanding because people are complex, right? Yeah. Uh, very complex. And it gives you a huge jump start to understand who someone is, their strengths and their weaknesses and their core desires. So when we talk about you know real life mentoring, helping people become better mentors and, and mentoring the masses, this is really a great tool to help you understand people. Yeah, I'm so glad. Better. To put a pin in what you said, we're going to list Nate's books, information, how you can order it and get connected with him personally. But yes, this is such an invaluable tool to, to know people. And, you know, I've been aware of this, but having gone through the book and looking at the exercise again, what you just said, the why and the how. Um, yeah, because my my number one is is profit. So that's why mm -hmm. I'm doing things. But my how is shepherd. And I'm like, oh, of course. Yeah. This me up. Um, so I <laughs> yes. think it's great for the yeah. mentor. It's great for the mentee. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. Or what, the book. Or what I great appreciate in about this as well, it gets the focus off of me actually. And that I have to do these things. I've been, these are gifts, as you said. Yeah. You don't work for a gift. It's given to you so you yeah. can enjoy it. 
And yes, mm-hmm. we learn, you know, as we go along, we, how to utilize these more, but it doesn't have to be seen as work. Right. Right. Yeah. It's given in grace. Uh, Ephesians four, seven says to each one of us, grace has been given. Mm -hmm. So grace is something that's given undeserved and given for free. It is a gift. It is a gift. In the same sentence, it is something that can be grown in and worked out and stewarded well. And if you think of, if you're given the, the talents to play a certain sport like basketball or soccer, uh, you're given that Latin potential as a gift inside of you, and you still need to practice to get better at that and grow in that. And uh, that's fun as well. And sometimes that is work, but the work can still be empowered by the Holy Spirit and by the grace working in you. Yeah, that's so good. Well, let's anything else there no, before let's, we go on to, to evangelist. Yeah, you you give the roaming, relating, reconciling. I think this is self-explanatory, but it bears, uh, yeah, it just bears a good discussion on summing up the the gift of evangelism, their why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, evangelists are, are uniquely gifted by Jesus to powerfully proclaim the gospel, the good news of the kingdom, just like Jesus did. And that inspires repentance, people renewing their mind, their heart, and their lives, reorienting around Jesus and salvation. And they're really gifted in telling stories, the story of God and their own personal story. And then they weave that into whoever they're talking to or the group that they're talking to. They're they're really gifted storytellers. And those key words that I use, um, they're really good at relating to others. Uh, they find common grounds to be able to connect with them and uh, want them to be reconciled with their heavenly father, like the parable of the lost son who comes back and then is reconciled. And they also have a function inside the church to re-gospel, to re-gospel the church, to remind the church who they are in Christ and to re-gospel them because we never grow out of the gospel. You know, you may have heard the gospel and then chosen to follow Jesus to get saved, but it's not just a one-time thing, right? We can always grow in our gospel understanding and evangelists also have a key role in re-gospeling the believers, the church. Mm -hmm. Uh, break down some of the, or a couple of the um, activities in the book exercises that help uh, solidify the role of evangelist. Mm-hmm. Gladly. Yeah. There's a couple typical ones and then a couple unusual ones. And one example of the, the typical one is just a, a framework for how to share the gospel. And there's kind of a beginner's level and an intermediate level and an advanced level. So Different people who are at different stages in their spiritual journey can choose kind of their level that they want to choose. And also then uh, exercise two is maybe a little bit unusual in the sense that it's called active listening and spirit-led questioning. So Mm -hmm. evangelists are usually talkers and they like to tell you what you need to know in (laughs) order to follow Jesus and get saved, which of course is a good thing. Um, But that means they can also grow in the area of listening. And this exercise helps them um, really listen well, care well, and listen to the Holy Spirit simultaneously while they're listening to the person. So this is a a great exercise for a prophetic shepherd like uh, you, Christina, or a shepherding prophet, I should say, um, where you really ask key questions to get to know someone on a deeper uh, relational and spiritual level. So 
simple examples can be, you know, what are, what are three things you're passionate about? This is a big, broad-based question that just gets people talking about the deeper things that are in their heart. People love to talk about what they're passionate about, and it just opens up their heart. And then you can take things deeper and ask more spiritual questions like, you know, where are you on your spiritual journey? I'm convinced everybody's on some sort of spiritual journey in life. Where are you on your spiritual journey? And that gives them, uh, just kind of opens the door for them to be able to share a little bit from, from their journey. So questions like this uh, in the evangelistic exercise really uh, help lead towards the conversation about Jesus and the gospel. Good. Chris, anything else on that? No, we we have discovered over the years in, in mentoring the, the true value in asking really good questions. Mm-hmm. Being very deliberate with questions and then being quiet and let them let them talk. Okay, let's go to Shepherd. We've we kind of talked about that. We've alluded to it, but let's specifically dive in. They're the connector, the caring, they create community. Um where the evangelist is focused on those who don't know Jesus, maybe more, the shepherd is now, their heart is beating for the people inside the flock, the body. So talk some more about uh, the ministry of shepherding. Yeah, those we all love to be around shepherds because they're very caring people. They're uniquely gifted by Jesus to care for, for the soul and create connections and inspires uh, community, healthy community, healthy fellowship, and unity, and inspires inner healing, even to be part of a healthy community and fellowship. Um, so that's that's their impact. And, and if you think about in a family, the ones that are going to be really uh, caring for the family and have an impact in the family. All of these have an impact in the family, in the business world, wherever you're working, um, because they're gifts inside of you. So wherever you go, uh, they're part of your identity in Christ, and you carry them wherever you go, not just relevant for church ministry, so to speak. But mm-hmm. those shepherds are are really um, soul healers, unifiers, um, nurturers, protectors. Um, they like to protect the sheep as well, and, and caregivers, very tender-hearted people. Um, but they're not just soft lovey-dovey type of people if you think of a shepherd they also carried a rod to beat away the wolves and so there is that kind of uh, mama bear protective of my cubs aspect of shepherding as Mm -hmm. well yeah i'm glad you alluded to that the our there's a young woman in our lives and she is sweetness and softness but that mother bear and her don't cross the people she loves or she sees an injustice. Yeah. She is. Yeah. That sweetness is set aside. Yeah. So I'm glad yeah. you highlighted that. Talk about some of the exercises in the book that celebrate and just uh, kind of explore this, this role. One exercise is, is number two, creating a lifetime to share. And this creates an atmosphere for people to open up their hearts and share the highs and lows in their life along kind of a visual timeline. And this has proven over the years to be one of the most impactful exercises that people have uh, during training I've given. One woman even said, I know, I, I feel like I know you guys after doing this exercise on a deeper level. And I've, she was part of this training court for about three weeks. I feel like I know you guys in this training court on a deeper level level than I do the people in my church where I've been for three years. 
So you're creating a life timeline where you're sharing highs and lows in your life and how those have shaped and formed your character, how they've shaped and formed your life and how God has even used uh, them for good as he uses the highs and the lows for his good. I love that we talk a lot about the importance of sharing your story, but it's mm -hmm. one of the purposes to do that is because it does create community. Yeah, the more mm -hmm. I know about you and what the what I've seen or heard you say, well, you know, as a child, I had to walk through this, that endears yep. you to me more. And when I share my struggle with somebody and, oh, well, you don't look like that's been a struggle for you. Oh yeah. But this is what yeah. Jesus did. There's just a closeness that automatically is created. Yeah. You realize there's connections in the room that you didn't realize were there. Um, oh, your parents also got divorced when you were young. Mine too. Oh, you also struggle with alcohol. I do too. You know, you, you, there's these bonds and these connections that are created by sharing, by just creating space, by creating intentional time of sharing. And that really bonds people together in, in fellowship and in community. I, I mean, I relate to it. That's we're talking about a tool under shepherding, right? Yeah. 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 Cause I would say right now without taking the, the assessment that shepherding is my second. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it resonates with me. And Definitely. telling your story and, and hearing somebody's story is such an integral part that we lead with in mentoring. So yeah, that's yeah, so good. Cool. Okay, let's talk about the last one, teacher, the explaining, mm -hmm. the enlightening, the exciting others to real reveal the treasures of the Bible. Unpack that for us. Uh, this gift is familiar to most of us since we have teachers throughout school and you know what a, a teacher represents and when we talk about the spiritual sense, they're uniquely gifted by Jesus to give instruction in the word of God, which creates clear understanding and application. So they're really able to dig out the gems of scripture and explain them or exegete them in a very simple way. So complex passages of scripture, they're able to, to teach well and simplify them to be able to understand them and to apply them. Um, they're people who usually have characteristics that are very uh very wise, very knowledgeable, a hunger for, for knowledge. They have a hunger for truth. Um, they also like systems and structures quite a bit. So they're very um, organized and structured typically. Uh, and they're a gift to the body of Christ. And they're also a gift to the family and to the business world, wherever they are working, living, and, and playing. Yeah, I'd say that summarizes it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh Talk about some of the examples that uh, are given in the book, uh, some of the exercises. There's different ones. Obviously, um, you want to learn how to teach the word of God yourself and equip others. So there's exercise from teaching the word of God to um, like inductively verse by verse or teaching the word of God based on a topic or a theme. There's also an exercise about creating uh Crafting creative and compelling questions, which is an integral part of teaching. Uh, there's a meditating on the word of God, like Lectio Divina style, and then also facilitating uh, a teaching or a Bible study that helps um, grow in facilitation or moderation skills to be able to pull in all different types of, of voices, like in a discovery Bible study style. So variety of activities all designed to help an individual or a group's grow in teaching, grow in understanding and application of, of the word of God. 
Yes. <laughs> no. As, as, we, as we close. Yeah. I just, um, I guess making a statement like this is important to say, as you're listening to this, when you discover um, a, the gift that you've been given from God to be utilized in the world, you know, your purpose more. Mm-hmm. It, you, I think your days look different. You realize things are not just a waste that you've got a real purpose that day. I don't always think this way, but I want it to, I want to, yeah, look more that direction every day. And instead of trying to, okay, how do I do to this today? What do I do today? I want to go back. Oh, what, what gift have I been given? How do I utilize that in my marriage, in my relationship with my family, in my work, in the church? Yeah, that, that, that encourages me and gives me a framework. As we were talking, I was thinking too, Nate, about like John 10, 10, where it says that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Christ has come to give us life and life to the full, that I think why this resonates so deeply with us for, you know, 30 plus years uh, working within faith communities and faith organizations, the thief does a really good job of hiding the awareness or the knowledge Mm -hmm. that his body Christ's body has been given gifts. I just don't know a very few healthy communities that are operating by mm-hmm. celebrating these gifts. And yet the, the flip side of that is so true that abundant life really comes. Like Chris said, your purpose, when you know you're gifting, you seek for ways to operate that way. And it benefits the entirety of the body, not just self, you know, whatever. And so yeah, we're going to list again, um, as we did at the first one, we'll list the information about the book, but I cannot, we cannot highly recommend this book enough. Uh, we are personally, I think we told you privately, but uh, we're inviting um, a young couple to go through the book and, and implement the exercises. They're so desperately hungry to grow in this area and see what God will do and birth out of that. Mm-hmm. But uh, use it in mentoring, use it for your personal awareness, use it with a small group. Yeah. Uh, give us a summary of today. We're going to do, there's going to be a part yeah. three. We're going to kind of better summarize everything, but summarize your thoughts about today's discussion for us, Nate. I'd like to close, I think, with giving some real practical ways to grow in all of the five, uh, something that you could do today after listening to this, just a real simple uh, next step, because um, all five of these, as we talked today, um, they are gifts that we embody. These are five types of people. Uh, originally, these are five uh, aspects of who Jesus is and his character and ministry. So he embodied them perfectly as our role model. We want to emulate him. So they're all rooted in Jesus and they um, all play a part in the kingdom. And once we discover what our role is in the kingdom, we get, we come alive and we get to be these kind of special agents on his team working with him in his kingdom. So just to close some practical ways to grow in all five, something you could do today. um, Let's go reverse order from how they're listed from a teacher perspective. uh, Whatever you learn today, teach someone else today 
that little sound bite of learning. You may only remember one phrase, one verse, one thing, but this idea of whatever I learn, I want to teach to someone else. I want to pass it on. So teach others the, the sound bites of learning, whatever, whether it's from this podcast today or whether it's something you read this morning or something you learn at work, just be intentional about passing it on. Shepherd, uh, care and create community. So how can you show care to someone today? Mm. How could you even maybe open up your table and invite some neighbors over just for an open dinner and just create an atmosphere for community? Evangelist, how could you today ask some probing life questions and some probing gospel questions? Ask someone what they're passionate about. Ask someone where they're at on their spiritual journey. Okay? Uh, Prophet or prophetic. Uh, pause sometime today and ask God what they want to say to this person. Mm-hmm. Think of a person at your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your family even, and, and give them an encouraging word uh, by doing listening prayer. Just pass on what you sense, what you feel, what you what you receive from Lord. And apostle, um, go out today and, and start something new as an ambassador of the king. And I realize in one day you can't start a whole uh, business venture or nonprofit or, but maybe it is, you know, maybe this is an encouraging word for someone who is like on the fence. Oh, should I, should I start this company? Should I start this nonprofit? Should I start this Bible study? Maybe this is an encouraging word for you to, to start someone, something new as an ambassador of the king. Um, But it can also be just something smaller, something simpler. Uh, Just keep your eyes out today for something new that you can do with the motivation of the kingdom. I love that. That's well said. I I love the practical application you just gave. Yeah. So anything else? I think that's it. Nate, we want to thank you so much for this, um, this time together. I'm learning so much and I'm asking myself, why would I not utilize what you've God's given you in this book? to be as a great resource for mentors in the future. Yeah. Truly, why would I not do that? The the gift that I could give them by sharing this with them mm-hmm. has really encouraged me. Great. Great. Spend a good time. Yeah. Just a reminder to those listening, we're going to give in the transcript all the information about Nate's book, about his website that you can hop onto with the Bible ministry. And yeah, Nate, thanks. And uh, if you didn't already go back and listen to the first one and be watching for there'll be a third one where Nate sums up kind of the synergy for how all five gifts can be used to advance the kingdom. So thanks for listening. We want to thank you as always for listening. If today was helpful, if something that you listened to was helpful, we would really love it if you would go to Apple or Spotify, leave us a review, download, subscribe, and for all things related to podcast, if you'd like to give a financial contribution to help us continuing bringing this sort of broadcasting to you, just go to FahrenheitMentoring.org. 